This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Justin, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep, deep, diving deep into all things Texas, both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General Sean McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. Hey, everybody! Hope you had a great weekend. Welcome into the Utopia Football Podcast. We are recording this on the Monday following the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. The Texans coaching search is coming into focus a little bit here. We've got a lot to get to. I'm Sean Pendergast, one half of Payne and Pendergast on Sports Radio 610, joined as always by the Hall of Famer, my good friend, and our senior Texans columnist at SportsRadio610.com, also writes for GalleriesSports.com, uh, John McClain. And um, John, did you uh, did you enjoy the round of uh, divisional playoff games this weekend? I wish they had been a little more exciting, like four of the wild card games were. Um, I enjoyed watching the Cowboys lose to the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan, D'Amico Ryans, both of whom I know very well, winning. And um, and in Cincinnati, you know, that was, boy, I didn't see that coming at Buffalo. And then the NFC, I picked Philadelphia. Uh, I didn't pick them to, to have a blowout. But man, oh man, that running game and Oof. and they're just they're pretty unbelievable. I saw a lot of people picking the Giants. And it's funny, you know, one week they love Daniel Jones, one bad game. Oh, they can't give him a big contract. It's amazing how fans and a lot of members of the media are on a seesaw up one day, down the other. Nobody wants Dak Prescott to be the quarterback anymore or McCarthy, but they will be. So it was a lot to talk about, but I'll tell you, if, if Patrick Mahomes were 100% and he won't be, I still might put the Bengals because the Bengals have beaten them three times in the last year, both regular seasons and in the AFC Championship game. There's a good chance they're going to do it again. Well, it's funny, John, when the line on that game came out, I think it's kind of settled in at like Kansas City minus one, minus one and a half, which means that if home field is worth three, then that means that on a neutral field, the odds makers feel like Cincinnati is the better football team right now. And in part, probably because of Mahomes' ankle, but just purely in terms of my reaction when I first saw the line come out, I get an email with the you know the opening lines every week. You get the same email from Jimmy Shapiro. Right. And we get the opening lines and I looked at it and I had I had forgotten about Mahomes' ankle as I saw that, you know, because it was they came out Sunday night, you know. So I'm still buzzing from the Cowboys and the Niners and the Bills and the Bengals. So I had kind of forgotten about Mahomes' ankle, but my gut reaction was, oh, okay. You know, like that, you know what? Cincinnati might be the better team. 
of these two. And then I remembered Mahomes' ankle was hurt. And I'm like, okay, well, that's probably baked into it. Because I think it opened, opened at like two and a half, and it got down to a pick em, or maybe even Cincinnati minus one at one point. So it's been kind of moving through the zero there. Um, but I'm with you. Like, I, I watched this Cincinnati team play, and I think people point to that Ravens game in the wild card round. I I kind of give a pass to teams that when you're playing them for the third time and the second time in two weeks, and it's a division rival like that, that it's just, you know, the, there's a familiarity that probably helps out the underdog in that case, especially one that's as well coached as Baltimore. Um, but boy, they did a number. They did a number on Buffalo in that game. That game was never close. You know, that game, they went right down the field on the first uh, first series, six plays into the end zone. Boom. Joe Burrow was outstanding. I am amazed that of the Bengals' two coordinators, Bryce Callahan, the offense coordinator, has had one interview, and Lou Ramos had none. And it's amazing because they've done a fantastic job. But maybe, uh, I don't know why that is. Maybe now... It'll be too late. Next year will be their year, but you never know how the team's going to do next year. And, of course, that's great for the Bengals if they can keep them. But what they were able to do with that offensive line missing three starters and Max Sharping starting at right guard and Frank Pollock, the former Texan coach, just like Kyle Shanahan and D'Amico Ryans, I tweeted in the game all the former Texans who are on these playoff teams mm-hmm. who are playing this weekend. And I forgot about the coaches till somebody mentioned what a great job Pollock is doing. And, and uh, just goes to show you Cincinnati, what happens when you have good coaching and you have a great quarterback who's yeah. going to get rid of the ball fast, which he, which he did. And uh, they were a different team against Buffalo than they were against Baltimore. And they were home for the Ravens. And so, Best thing about the Bengals winning, we don't have to see that stinking, bleeping, neutral site AFC championship game that the NFL is going to do. Okay. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. John, I was kind of looking forward to that just to see Kansas City. No, 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 no. Hey, let me finish. I was purely from a content standpoint, John. No, I, I I like the home field conference title games as much as anybody. But to get to listen to Kansas City complain about how they were getting jobbed, if they had to play in that game, that would have been a lot of fun for me. See, John, as you know, you and I both cover the Houston Texans. It's fun to see other people miserable sometimes, okay? And and the fact that they would be miserable over where they have to play the AFC title game, I think, is just kind of comical in the whole thing. So, yes, but fortunately, in terms of the integrity of the rule book and the standings in the game, Cincinnati did, did everybody a big favor. Ultimately, ultimately, all the – now that you bring it up, all the hand-wringing over the DeMar Hamlin standings fallout ended up being a big to-do about nothing because they didn't have to do the coin toss for the Bengals-Ravens game because Bengals beat the Ravens in Week 18. Remember, if the Bengals had lost to the Ravens and they met up in the postseason, they would have had to do a coin toss for who would get home field in that situation. Um, so they didn't have to do that. 
And it turns out they didn't have to do a neutral site AFC title game. The whole thing was a, it was all a lot of worrying over nothing, John. And the Bills brought out DeMar Hamlin, had him in a suite leading chairs, and that didn't help either. No. And I don't think the Chiefs would have complained to players because Andy Reid wouldn't let them. He'd want them focused on the game. It would be the fans. It would be the media, the talk show hosts. Everybody around the team would have complained about it. And a lot of people, this was driven by Mike Florio last week, that this is just a sign of what's coming, neutral site championship games everybody is against it and people were talking about how it would make more money. And I haven't figured that out because when you have a sold out stadium, how do you make more money unless you just jack up ticket prices like you do for the Super Bowl, which would be very, very unfair to the fans of those two teams, especially the one that would have had the game in its field. Yeah. But boy, that one seat is a huge advantage, man. <laughs> and it should be. And you know now, what? It should be. I get it. I mean, I like. I wonder if it's disproportional though. Like, you get the buy and you get the whole. Like, that's no. You're right. It gives the teams that are up there something to play for. Absolutely. I, I liked it better with six teams and seven. That's just me. Um, especially because the seventh team has been. What were they? The, the they were. Who were the seventh teams this year? It was. Uh, it was Miami, who was nine and eight, and then it was who was it over in the uh, NFC? Who played the who played the two seed this week? I know this is terrible podcasting. See, it, it's all right. Wouldn't it, it, it was the Giants. It was the it was the, the Giants. The Giants were the last. Giants three. were the six. No, Giants were the six. The Vikings were the three. Oh, it was 49ers. Who did the 49ers beat in the opening round of the playoffs? Oh my God. Seattle. Oh, Seattle. Seattle. Yeah, Seattle's Seattle nine and eight. Got in when the Packers lost at home. Yeah, they, you got two nine and eight teams getting in there. Quarterback by Geno Smith and Skylar Thompson. Like, yeah, it's whatever. I remember. Just remember. Yeah. If they hadn't increased in baseball, the Phillies wouldn't have been in the World Series. No, that, you know what? Um, that's good for Philadelphia. I, you know, why well, so, so that the Astros got to get to beat up on them a little bit. No, you're right. I guess we'll take it. Um, John, as far as the also, uh, it might be the Texans' only chance to make the playoffs. No, you're and right. They're good enough to make the playoffs. <laughs> I'll be singing a different tune if, uh, <laughs> Coach TBD, whoever it's going to be, has them in the mix for the playoffs. You're right about that. All right, so just real quick, as far as these playoff games go, uh, Kansas City beating Kansas City beating Jacksonville. What did you think of Jacksonville's performance in that game? It was what I expected. I picked the Chiefs. I was glad they kicked that field goal late so they could cover. And uh, I thought Jacksonville wasn't going to go any farther. Where they got was great. It's it's all bright future for for the Jaguars and Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence. And I thought the main thing you got that game, of course, was Patrick Mahomes and how bad that high ankle sprain was yeah. going to hurt him. And and I think that uh, the close spread is all because of that and the fact the Bengals are playing damn good. They are. It's funny, John, the two losers on Saturday, the Jags and the Giants, feel like teams where, you know what, we made it a whole lot further than people predicted we would make it this year. This is something that we can build on moving forward. Obviously, the Giants have some serious decisions to make with quarterback and and what to do with Saquon Barkley, but that whole program's moving in the right direction. And then the two losers on Sunday, Buffalo and Dallas, I think all of a sudden there's some serious questions about things now. You know, it's um, in Buffalo, it's probably, okay, Josh Allen was a really good quarterback this year, but boy, some of the decision-making was not great, uh, you know, and he was not good, obviously, on Sunday against the Bengals. And then Dallas has some serious decisions to make. I, you know, I, 
I think it's in play now. After looking like it was out of play after they took the Buccaneers to the woodshed, I think it's definitely in play now that we could be looking at um, Mike McCarthy getting fired. Well, Jerry Jones swore after the game that wasn't going to happen, and he was adamant, and I don't see Jerry going out of his way. He said last week on his talk show, nothing could happen in this game that was going to change his opinion on Mike McCarthy, and if he does, it's going to make him, boy, he'll look like Nick Saban looked when he said he wasn't leaving Miami for Alabama. So I think he'll be back. I think Dak Prescott will be back, and what the Bills need more than anything is a running back. And there's a bunch of them who are going to be unrestricted free agents unless they get tagged. And there's no excuse for Buffalo to not have a better running game to take pressure off of Josh Allen where he doesn't feel like he has to do everybody's job. Yeah, the the Josh Allen thing is really interesting to me, John, because all four of these quarterbacks that were playing in the AFC this weekend are all young. You know, Mahomes is the oldest one out of all of them. Um, And he's... You know, he just started his second contract. Um, but Mahomes ain't going anywhere anytime soon. Um, I, all four of them are really good quarterbacks. I just think the narrative has become like, well, these are going to be the teams that are going to win this division, their divisions every year, and this is how it's going to be. I'm, I'm like, I'm seeing articles and I'm watching TV shows are like, is this it? Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, and Lawrence for the next decade. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, this league turns over half its teams in the postseason all the time. So it gets me thinking like they're definitely going to be wrong about these four teams just being dominant, just penciling them in every year. If I had to pick one of the four teams that lost there or the, one of the four teams that played in the AFC playoffs this weekend in the divisional round that, that could fall off, I think it's Buffalo. And not only because they seem to be, I shouldn't say that I was going to say they seem to be the team with the most holes. Obviously Jacksonville is nine and eight. They've got work to do, but Jacksonville plays in such a bad division. I think that they're going to be clear favorites next year to win the division. I think what Buffalo needs to be worried about is the way Josh Allen gets used. You're absolutely right. They've got no running game at all to speak of to lean on. So he becomes their whole offense and he takes a lot of hits. And I just looked at a guy like Cam Newton. And I think Josh Allen is a more polished thrower than Cam Newton, but He's got a similar style in terms of just the way he uses that big body of his. And by about eight years in, Cam Newton was beat up and washed almost. They miss Brian Dable. Yeah. Dable had Josh Allen where he wasn't doing the stupid things. He wasn't turning the ball over. And then he leaves and all of a sudden he reverts back to the way he was. And Dable had worked really hard to develop him and help him mature as a quarterback. And as far as the Jaguars, yes, they'll be favored as they should be. But 2018, they were coming off almost beating the Patriots at Gillette Stadium. Everybody picked them to win the AFC South. And guess who won it? The Houston Texans. Texans did. But the did Jaguars John, you, haven't John, been squat since till you, this year. You know this is different, John. This is not Blake Bortles playing quarterback for the Jags. No, but they were a great team in 2017 with a great defense. You need more than a quarterback. And I think if Tennessee gets Derek Carr, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo, mm. and they upgrade their offensive line, they get a great defense, great running back, they'll be right there we'll try competing with the Jaguars for the division. You think the Titans are going to be in that QB market, huh? They better be. They go with Ryan Tannehill again. And Rand Carthorn, their new GM, said he was going to study and evaluate 
Tannehill. He'll basically do whatever Vrabel thinks, but they got to get rid of Tannehill. They need to be in the market for a veteran. Both those guys should be free agents. I mean, nobody's going to pay Derek Carr's current contract. If you had a choice of Carr or Garoppolo, Garoppolo, which one would you take? Well, I think it, you just touched on something. Am I getting – do I have say-so over the price or do I have to pay Carr 40 million bucks? No, Carr, he's not going to get $40 million. Well, I mean, he does in this contract. If I trade for him, he would. You know, yeah, he no, would get... nobody's going to trade for So if they're both contract. free agents, if they're both free agents, who would I rather have, Garoppolo yeah. or, or Derek Carr? I'd rather have Garoppolo. Um, and I think Carr's probably more talented, actually. But I, I think Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, I just trust him more than I trust Derek Carr, uh, which sounds weird because Jimmy Garoppolo's – neither of them are great, obviously. We wouldn't be having this conversation. It's a very real conversation we're having here about what decisions some of these teams could be facing. There's just something about Carr that rubs me the wrong way, John, as a leader of a team, as a face of a franchise. Um, Garoppolo has – he's just goofy enough to where I like him as my leader. <laughs> Compared he to can't Carr. stay healthy. He's hurt. Carr's yeah. been durable. Uh, it's interesting. I heard on a talk show today about Kyle Shanahan won with Garoppolo he wasn't able to win in a short period of time with Trey Lance, and it was just a little bit. Mm-hmm. But the only two quarterbacks he's won were the Garoppolo and uh, and uh, Purdy. Uh, Purdy. Yep. And so everybody thinks they're going to trade Trey Lance. They're not going to trade Trey Lance. Give oh. me a break. He gave up too much for him. I think I'd take Garoppolo too, but, man, you have to have a good backup because you know it's just a matter of time before he got hurried. And I'm guessing like the Jets – the Jets will be after one of those guys. Yeah. I kept seeing Mike Greenberg saying if Card played on the Jets this year, they'd finish. They'd have won 10 games. They'd have won a playoff game. And I'm saying, well, he played on the Raiders and he didn't even have a winning record. No, but they're, but the Jets quarterback play was really, really bad. I mean, the Jets have a good defense. Horrible. There's no, you know, um, yeah, the quarterback carousel is going to be super interesting. All right, John, before we get to some for real or fugazis, the Texans head coaching search is is first round of it's in the book. So we've had first interviews with everybody now. It's seven candidates. Mike Kafka, the last one to interview on Sunday. The big one was D'Amico on Friday uh, with the tweet coming from the team fairly late into the evening on Friday night that D'Amico Ryans had completed his interview. He had also interviewed earlier in the day with the Denver Broncos, postponed or canceled, however you want to couch it, I guess, interviews with the Colts. And the Cardinals, uh, there's I've seen some Texans people viewing that as some sort of victory lap to take that he that he canceled those. I don't know what John. Um, I don't know if you're hearing anything or or whatever. Um, but do you know the nature of D'Amico and what was behind him postponing at the very least, if not canceling interviews with those two teams? Or was it was just a matter of he ran out of time and I've got to get focused on this playoff game, or is it really down to just two teams for him? He interviewed with the Broncos late Thursday. He interviewed with the Texans late Friday afternoon when he was through with his duties for the day. And he was supposed to interview on Saturday. And he told those other teams he had to focus on the Cowboys because I guess those interviews went longer than he thought. And plus, think about that, how exhausting that can be. Yes. Sit there on a Zoom and you've got owners and general managers and under these new rules, you got to have the HR person. You got to have all kind of people, a diverse group interviewing you, and whether they ask or not. And you're trying to keep up with what you've told. Did I tell the Texans an hour ago? What was that? The Broncos. Then, if you're going to do two more the next day, 
Now, what the Texans don't want is him going to Indianapolis. And I know he'd love to come to the Texans, and they like him a lot, but they've got to do the second round of interviews in person. They'll reduce the list. I'm guessing they'll bring in Ryans, Peyton, Steichen, and Gannon because Kafka has been a uh, coordinator and play caller one year. You know, same as Ben Johnson. I'd want a guy that a little more. Gannon has the most. Steichen, uh, no, Gannon. Steichen's been an offensive coordinator for three years, D'Amico mm-hmm. for two. And, of course, Peyton was an offensive coordinator and quarterback coach before he became the head coach. And while I'd love to have Sean Payton, I just – the idea of paying him $20 million, which only Belichick makes, and then giving up draft choice, I'd, I'd still rather have D'Amico for two reasons. Number one, I've known him. I like him. I've stayed in touch with him a little bit. And I've always – I thought back when I – was covering him. He had that he would make a good coach just because the way he talked. It's like some guys I told uh, Eric Winston and Ted Johnson and Indy Kalu when they were playing, man, you could should consider radio talk shows when you through playing. And I thought that about D'Amico. I never had any idea that he'd become a head coach, but in his two years as coordinator, he's been an NFC championship game. His defense is great. And one of the things that stood out to me, Sean, his guys are great tacklers, and the Texans were terrible tacklers. They had not only the worst offense I've covered, but they were the worst tackling team I've covered. And the 49ers have a lot of top players that are productive that weren't first or second round picks, so they know how to utilize them. I like his system. I assume that he would call the defenses, but the big key is who would be his offensive coordinator and play caller. So you, it sounds like John, you think it's down to, and I know that this, you're not conveying anything you've heard in this. It just sounds like perception wise, you think it's down to like that that it's a top four and that Averro and Thomas Brown and Kafka are more, they're, they're honorable mention at this point. It's a Mount Rushmore for the Texans of the two Philly guys, D'Amico and Sean Payton. That's just my opinion because D'Amico's going against the other two in the NFC championship game. If you watch the Eagles, my God, everybody talks about their offense, having such great balance with Shane Steichen calling the plays. Their defense had 70 sacks, four linemen who had double digit sacks. Jonathan Gannon is a hell of a coordinator and he's already had three interviews counting the two last year. I don't know what else he could tell them that they don't know, but uh, this is going to start to heat up now. And the, Ones that hire the coach the first have a first choice of all the assistant coaches who are out there. Yeah. John, if you had to, if we went through all five of these right now, if you just said, let's, you know, if we played a little game and we got, I'm just writing them down, Denver, Houston, Indy, who am I missing? Carolina and Arizona. Um, I don't know. Like th- I know these are guesses, you know, educated ones, but guesses. If you had to like, if, if you had to fill out your dance card right now to get all five of these right, who would you who would you put at Denver right now? Um, I think I'd put Sean Payton because of the money. Yep, and he's the first one to interview there twice. And if you interview Payton, you've already had parameters on a draft choice. Yep, and I would put Payton there. Indianapolis. Boy, um, there's a lot of people think they're going to go through this whole thing and hire Jeff Saturday. Oh, I just don't buy it. I pray. I pray, I John. I just don't buy Every it. Every night. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say they're going to hire a defensive coach. 
Okay. And because Frank Reich was an offensive coach, Jeff Saturday was an offensive coach. So I'm going to say, and I already, if they interviewed Jonathan Gannon, I'm going to say they're going to hire Jonathan Gannon. They haven't. No, the, in fact, the Texans. Okay, never mind. What about Ejiro Averro? He's a defensive sure, coach. Sure, why not Ejiro <laughs> Okay. Jimmy Ursay would like his British accent. Okay, just not D'Amico Ryans, right? Just not D'Amico Ryans. If, the, if the Texans don't hire D'Amico and he goes to the Ryan, to the t- Colts, Texans deserve everything they get. So is D'Amico your pick right now you, for this exercise for the Texans? Yeah, I'm going to pick D'Amico for the Texans. Okay, and the last two, Carolina and Arizona. Any clue on either of those right now? Carolina wants an offensive coach. Everybody thinks because of their defense and their running game, although Deontay Foreman is their running game and he's a free agent, that they're closer to winning, plus they play in a terrible division. Yep. So I haven't looked to who all they've interviewed. They've, I don't. I'm going to look it up right now. Keep talking, John. I'm going to, I, I've got the if, tracker right right if here. If they interviewed Shane Steichen from yes. the Eagles, yes. then I would say Shane Steichen. That's who I was going to say. the best offensive coordinator out of there. And Arizona, boy, the media isn't going to want to hear this, and neither are the players. Brian Flores, the Patriot way, yep. goes to Arizona. They heard Monty Austin Ford is GM who was with the Titans. But before that, he was with the Patriots for years. He'd been with the Texans twice. I think that uh, he'll go with somebody he's familiar with. Usually, if you fire a coach, you want the opposite personality. Cliff Kingsbury was very easygoing players coach, very cerebral. And I think now they want somebody who's going to kick Kyler Murray's butt. And I'm going to say, um, I'm going to say it'll be. Brian Flores. Okay, he is if, the best. If it's not if it's not Sean Payton, yep, in Denver, I think it'll be Dan Quinn. I do too. I I do too. I think Quinn's actually the betting favorite in Denver right now. But so you think? See, I I agree with you on all of these, except for I do think Quinn's going to get hired in Denver, and I still think Payton goes back to TV for another year. I think he looks around and says, "I just came out the wrong year." Unless Dallas opens up, then everything changes. If if Jerry if Jerry takes a look at look at things and says, "You know what." I do need to fire Mike McCarthy and I got to, I got to do whatever it takes to get Sean Payton here. Then I think obviously Payton goes to Dallas with Jerry. Um, But I think if these are the five jobs that are open, I think Payton just goes, you know what? I just picked the wrong year to come back out. I'll go back and make a few million bucks at Fox. And when one of the LA jobs opens up possibly next year, or Jerry does get tired of Mike McCarthy and he's not going back on his multiple times. He's given him a vote of confidence. Um, then, then he comes out then. But I, I, that's my prediction for Peyton is he's on TV next year. Uh, he told uh, Colin Coward a seventy percent chance to be back. Yeah, there'll probably be tw- almost twice as many openings next season, and uh, because there's so few this year. Yep. And and he lives on the West Coast. I'm not really sure why he does since he spent so much time in Dallas and New Orleans. But I guess if you're wealthy. Yeah, I'd love, might live on the West Coast too, but uh, and everybody's he'll be hoping for Brandon Staley to fail. Yep, absolutely, Brandon St- or Sean McVay to finally follow through on getting you out. You want of the- Justin Herbert? There's no Justin yeah. Herbert with the Rams. You're right. Um, all right, let's do some for real or fugazis, John. Shall we? Uh, sure, a, let's do it. Got a few of them here. For those who are new to the podcast, first of all, thank you for downloading it and listening. We hope you're enjoying it. Secondly, for real or fugazi is a little segment we do where I've got about six or seven statements in front of me here. I state them as if they are fact. John Ben says if they are for real and he agrees, if they are fact, he says for real. 
If he thinks that I'm full of crap and that these statements are false, then he says... Bugazi. Bugazi. Italian for counterfeit or fake. So let's do this, John. Well, this is actually a good one to transition into since we just got done talking about names like Peyton and Dan Quinn and the Cowboys. Um, for real or Fugazi? The Cowboys, if they're going to move on from Mike McCarthy, it would be easier and way less expensive. They should just promote Dan Quinn instead of trading for Sean Payton. For real or Fugazi? I think this is for real. Everybody loves Dan Quinn. There's a couple teams interested. He took Falcons to the Super Bowl. Great guy. Players like him. Media likes him. Fans like him. But if you fire McCarthy, and I don't think they will, but if you do, and there's the possibility of hiring Sean Payton, who won a Super Bowl and won 60% of his games as a head coach of the Saints, there'd be a lot of Cowboy fans disappointed because they did not go after Payton. Yep, totally agree with that. Um, all right, next one, John. We mentioned Derek Carr a little bit earlier. Derek Carr, if he gets traded, whatever team trades for him picks up that $40 million tab for this year, $32 million in salary, and then another $7 million of his 2024 salary guaranteed. So Derek Carr will be traded, not cut, by the Las Vegas Raiders. For real or Fugazi? Fugazi. There's no way he might take that contract based on the level of quarterback he has. He had his best season in 2021. They gave him the big new contract, and, and they got a new GM and a new coach just completed their first year. And they're going to try to convince Tom Brady to come there. If they don't, I don't know what they're going to do. It's certainly not, certainly not going to be Jared Stidham. What if it's just like a six-round pick, John? Like when Matt Schaub got traded from here, and I know Matt Schaub had bottomed out way more so. Like Derek Carr was actually statistically not horrible. Schaub was benched when he got traded, but he did get traded just for a six-round pick. What if you, you don't think some team goes, you know what, we got enough cap space that we can fit Derek in with his $32 bucks for this year under the cap, and uh, and we'll give it – it's a one-year tryout, basically, with with Derek Carr. If he, if he doesn't work out, we got to pay him the other $7 million for next year, and we move on to our next – our next uh, solution, but there's teams like the Jets that are not in position that need a quarterback, but they're not in position to really get one. You don't think a team might duke them a day three pick just to essentially give Derek Carr a very expensive one year tryout? Yeah, if they take a day three pick, they're try they're hoping to get more than that. I just there's some dumb desperate teams out there. Maybe they would, but I just yeah. don't. Okay, um, yeah, no, I, I I can see that. All right. Um, Let's see, for real or Fugazi? Oh, here we go. Uh, the Chicago Bears, who have the number one pick in the draft, are just going to stay put and draft best non-quarterback available, leaving the Texans with their choice of this quarterback class. For real or Fugazi? Fugazi, because they're going to have a team like the Colts trying to trade up. Now, if the Colts, they may say, okay, if uh, they stay there and they draft Jalen Carter, or Will Anderson Jr., the Texans take Bryce Young, and then the Cardinals take Carter or Anderson, then we have our choice of every other quarterback. And mm -hmm. if indeed, if indeed they love uh one of those other quarterbacks like CJ Stroud or Will Levis, that's smart thinking. But what if somebody were to trade with the Cardinals like mm -hmm. Carolina, trade over them and get the quarterback they wanted? Because there's so many teams desperate for quarterbacks and uh and most of them unless you think you're on the precipice of the playoffs are going to want to draft guys and develop them and uh 
The only person that I keep seeing says Will Levis is the best is is uh, Mel Kuyper. Yeah, he's been a Will Levis guy. He's the only one that thinks he's worthy of being the first pick in the draft. So there's going to be three, and maybe the the Colts don't care. We take any of those three, but I kind of don't think that's the case. You know, if it's a beauty contest and you see three you love, but there's still one you like the best. And nobody ever wants to settle. So I'm thinking they're going to trade, but they're going to end up with one of those two linemen. The best thing for Texan fans, if you're looking for an early rooting interest in all this draft stuff, all the shorts and underwear stuff at the combine and the pro days and whatnot, the best thing for the Texans would be for the Bears to fall in love with Jalen Carter or Will Anderson to where they feel like it's not worth extra picks for us to jeopardize getting him. Uh, let's just take him. We have the number one pick. Let's not fool around, take him. And then we, we move on. Um, and, or, but I would say, and, um, for Will Levis to really raise his stock in this, not so that the Texans fall in love with Will Levis, but so that maybe it pumps the brakes on the teams behind the Texans wanting to move up to one to go get Bryce Young or CJ Stroud or whoever the Texans might happen to like in that situation. I think, I think Will Levis I think the, the two top defensive players and Will Levis having a really good draft season would really benefit the Texans, especially if you like Bryce Young. Um, then it would really benefit the Texans. What would happen if the Bears stayed there and took Jalen Carter or Will Anderson? Texans turn any quarterback and Nick Casario trades down. Uh, I would hate that. I would hate that. John, look at the playoffs this weekend in the AFC. I mean, you the four teams that are left. You got Trevor Lawrence, the number one pick two years ago. You got Joe Burrow, the number one pick three years ago. You got Josh Allen, a, a top 10 pick who's become the best quarterback from two classes before Burrow. And you've got Patrick Mahomes, who's the he's the draft scrub out of all these guys. He's the 10th overall pick who's become the best player in football. Um, you, I, I don't know, man. Like, I don't think the, the AFC and these are all young guys. So this is not some take, I think, where it's, you know, where this is something that really has a short shelf life, but I'm acting like it's going to be forever. Like these guys are all going to be good for a really long time. And that's not even naming the other guys who are in the AFC who aren't even around, right? You know, Deshaun Watson, the Browns will figure it out a couple of seasons while he's there for sure. It just happens that way in the NFL. Lamar Jackson's in the AFC. You got all these teams trying to do things at quarterback. God forbid Russell Wilson ever figure out what the hell's wrong with it. Justin Herbert. So I, you know, I, I don't I don't think you compete in this AFC by trying to get cute. I just don't, you know. It's so no, take a quarterback. Josh Allen has never been any farther in the playoffs than Brock Osweiler was for the Texans. Yeah, and I don't know that that's entirely I mean this year it's kind of Josh Allen's fault. Last year he had one of the greatest playoff games in the history he of the did, postseason. But they lost. And they lost. But I think that, John, you know what's funny is I think a lot of the reason why Buffalo was so beloved by the odds makers and the betting community this season was because of that Kansas City game last year. You know, yeah. like I think yeah. he got he got a lot of run from that game, even though it was a loss. And because they changed the rule because of it in overtime in the postseason. Too bad he lost his coach. Uh yeah, I agree. Dayball, that's a big deal. All right, let's do a couple more of these and then uh we'll we'll get out. Um, let's see. Uh, okay, this is an easy one. I love how I'm going through all these like they were sent in. I wrote them all down, but I'm just trying to pick out the ones that are the best ones. Uh, Shannon Sharp is a nut job, for real or Fugazi? Nut job? A nut job. He's getting into fights with NBA players at games. 
And he's a, he's he's such a nut job. He's all he's making millions and millions of dollars. Well, that's a Fugazi and then. And and Fugazi, yeah, he's not a nut job. Fugazi, he's a master promoter. Yep. He's a big talker. He was a big talker when he played for the Broncos. He was a big talker on TV where he's making millions. Now I think he made himself and looked like an idiot at the basketball game. Yep. And I think they should have thrown him out. And uh, but he's gotten a whole lot of attention. And you know what it's like for people people on TV, boy. If they can get a lot of attention and get people talking about him, that means more. Ultimately, leads more to cat, more cash. Okay. Okay, for real or for Gazy, LeBron's take that he was Shannon Sharp's my guy and I back him 24-7 was kind of an idiotic take after that. For real or for Gazy? Oh, that's for real. That was exactly true. That was idiotic. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I just wanted to get something out of that. I mean, that was preposterous. I it mean, was. That, that everybody should have been embarrassed. Yeah. All right, last one, John. DJ Reader is the most popular former Texan among Texan fans still standing in the playoffs for real or Fugazi? That's for real. DJ was popular with the media. He's popular with the fans. They liked to sign Whitney Merciless to an extension, let DJ walk. It's turned out to be great for reader. But at the time they said, well, he's not in in passing situations. Whitney is. So let's let him go and let's oh. reach out to Whitney. And, oh. uh, and they signed Whitney. And that decision was made by Jack Easterby and Bill O'Brien. Yeah, that's just brutal. When you, John, I tweeted out this weekend. All I put was Bill O'Brien let DJ Reader walk. That's all I typed, and it got like a jillion. It got you know hundreds and hundreds of likes. You think he's more popular among Texan fans as far as former Texans go than Justin Reed? Um, you know, I forgot about Justin. Justin's yeah. also very popular. I'd say Justin because he was. More recent. DJ's been gone two years. Yeah. And he missed, or is it three? No, that was three. He and left so, after 2019. And he so. and he missed one season, knee injury, but yeah. Justin left last last year. So I'd say it's Justin Reed. Justin did DJ, Reed was, go ahead. Did, no, did DJ make the Pro Bowl this year? I don't know. I don't okay. pay attention to the Pro Bowl anymore because okay. it's like, it's ridiculous. The reimagined. Pro Bowl with the Mannings as the no, well, and with Pete Davidson and Snoop Dogg as the captains. No, John, it's oh. all it's all silly, but it's but I'm just curious if he was recognized by people for the player that he's become, DJ Reader. I, I'm I, I'm not saying that it's some sort of value. I'm going to guess no because there's so many in defensive tackles in the NFC, like Dexter Lawrence, the guys from Washington, and I don't know. Um, I haven't looked, so I don't know. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'm going to look it up after we... You never hear DJ's name mentioned anywhere where we hear about... If if I see one more thing about how great Sauce Gardner was, I'm going to throw up. <laughs> Why? It seems like there's things being sent out constantly on social media about how great Sauce Gardner is. Okay, we know he had a great rookie year. Enough! Yeah. I'm looking at it right now. Okay. Defensive tackle for the AFC... Uh, okay. Well, it's, it, that's a tough rotation to crack. DeForest Buckner and Chris Jones are the two starters <laughs> and Cam and Cameron Hayward is a reserve. And the alternate is Jeffrey Simmons. <laughs> hard, to, hard to crack that group when all of them can rush. The yeah. Closer. DJ will just have to go home and cry into a stack of hundred dollar bills. That's what he'll have to do. All right, John, uh, what do you got going on on your various platforms? On Sports Radio 610, I have a column about D'Amico Ryans and the Texans coaching search. 
and I'll have one on Gallery Sports looking back at the weekend and what's coming up in the championship games. Good stuff. All right, there it is, John. Good stuff as always, and uh, I look forward to doing a little mailbag episode with you later this week, my friend. John, I do too. Thank you very much as always. Okay, thank you. Thank you all for listening, downloading. If you want to send in a question for that mailbag, mailbag at gmail.com. That's mailbag at gmail.com. Big thanks to Figgy Fig for getting the podcast out to each and every one of you. Tell a friend about it. Hit that subscribe button. Give us a five-star review. I'm going to go check, John, and see if we still have our perfect score in the review department. I feel like disclosing that on the last episode is going to send people over there to sabotage our five-star score. But we've been doing really well in the reviews, so um, so there's that. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's it. We're out of time. Uh, for John McClain, I'm Sean Pendergast. We'll see you all a little later on this week. Until then, thanks for listening. Have a great week, everybody.